We see your evidences all around us, all over us. And that's particularly true when we gather together in worship. So thank you for meeting us here in that unmistakable way that that happens when your people called by your name gather to sing praises to you. Thank you for baptism and for these who were baptized today. Thank you for how you've been with this community. Lord, we lift to you uh, others in our community today. Pray your blessing on Eddie and Jennifer as Eddie is not well and cannot be here to preach today as has been planned. We pray for a rapid healing. Lord, others are struggling with COVID like the, the Durst. And we pray that you uh, give them rapid recovery. And that could reach out so many different places in this community. Thank you for your faithfulness. And now, Father, for the good news announced by the Pastor Search Committee. We prayed for them daily for these months. And uh, you have laid upon their hearts a fine young man and family. And we pray now as the church family comes to make a decision that your will would be done and we'll be careful to give you the praise, honor, and glory. Now as John steps in in a few moments to bring the message today, would you guide him, bless him, speak to him through our hearts this day. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Our children uh, may make their way to Children's Church at this time. If uh, yours are headed that way or if you'd like them to go, they'll meet you back here after our, our service is, is over. The news has been so good, and, and you've heard all of that, and, and that's really enough. And uh, John got a call early this morning that Eddie was not going to be able to make it, and uh, so... It reminds me of the preacher who stood up and said he hadn't had any time to prepare and God hadn't given him a word. He was just going to have to depend upon the Lord. And then he said, if you'll come back tonight, I'll try to do better. Uh, We don't have to do better than depending on the Lord. We're here to worship. Pastor John, you, you lead us as God has laid on your heart. Thank you. Can you hear me? Everyone? No? Yes? Yes? Hello? Hello? Okay, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm kind of hogging the, uh, the uh, limelight today, but I don't, don't mean to be. Uh, as as uh, Pastor James just said, uh, Eddie, about 7.30 this morning, said, I'm, I've got a stomach bug, and uh, <laughs> I can't be there this morning, so I was like, yay! Um, so uh, I apologize in advance if, uh, if there's some roughness to this, uh, to this sermon, but... Um, I had to kind of get it get it done pretty quick, but um, but one thing that Eddie was going to preach on Eddie was going to preach on um, Acts uh, chapter two, and um, and so here we are, here we are, and I'm going to preach as well on the same same topic. Um, that's that's not the right. That's Eddie's slides. I probably is there another is there another sermon in there? Is there another one in there? Another slideshow. If not, that's fine. Is there another one below that? 
that was Eddie's. Nope, that's, that's someone's feet. Um, no, is it, is it, if you scroll down, like on the actual, there's another, it should say sermon on it. No, not there. Nope, that's someone doing a cannonball. Uh, that's pretty cool. I just wonder what we're going to get next. All right. Um, okay, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry, Dusty, it's, it's fine. I put it in there this morning, but if it hasn't arrived, then that's fine. Okay, um, uh, you, you may just want to have that other slide up, just the original one. Um, but uh, I've, in, I've entitled uh, this, uh, this sermon called Being the Family. Uh, Eddie's entitled it Commitment, Taking a Step of Faith. But I, ch- I called it Being the Family. And this phrase, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family, right? And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, a common phrase that many of you have heard before. Uh, and the amazing thing about the church is that you actually can choose to be a part of God's family as, as Crystal and Molly have done this morning. And when I was praying fervently and rapidly this morning about what today's message should be, I felt like the word family was being said to me over and over again. And in the next few weeks, uh, there's going to be some exciting changes that are going to be going on here at this church. Um, But I was reminded about family life, particularly as we've just experienced a mammoth family experience with uh, Christmas and New Year. Um, And so some of us, for some of us, that would be an incredible experience. For some of us, it will be, well, I won't say, but but it will, you know, it's testing for some of us. And that life goes through many changes and many different stages. And there have been many ups and downs in this particular faith family. But a family remains united through thick and thin. And so uh, this led me to uh, think about what the experience was of the early church. And here in this Acts 2 passage we see what it really was like and what they were doing. And I thought after looking at that passage, I'll share a few observations and how we can apply that individually, but also as a a church. So let's uh, let's turn to Acts chapter 2, verses 41 to 47. I think you have the slides for those. Um, There we go. There it is. Okay, so... Uh, this is from the uh, nearly infallible version, uh, sorry, the, the uh, New, New International Version. Um, Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many mir- wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they uh, all the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So, if you didn't know, uh, Acts was written by uh, Luke, the Apostle Luke, and this is his uh, second 
volume, as it were, the second part of his... Uh, so you have Luke, the Gospel of Luke, and then we have Acts as his kind of second uh, part in the series. And we see uh, that from this passage that Luke wants to emphasize the togetherness of the early church, the beginnings of the church, and what unity and real authentic relationships look like. You know, here we see they prayed for one another, they fed each other, they sold possessions so that others could benefit and regularly praise God. So let's, uh, let's give a little bit of background to this text. Some commentators have called this the honeymoon uh, period for the church. You know, everyone understood. Um, they'd, they'd heard from Jesus that he was, um, you know, what it, they, they exactly knew what it meant to follow after Jesus, to be a follower of him, because they'd heard from his own mouth what it was like to be a follower of Jesus. And then also they heard from the Jesus the promise of the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit came at, at, at Pentecost, in, as if we read earlier on in chapter 2. Uh, and now we have a group of believers who are filled with the Holy Spirit and they are left to their own devices. They were excited, but they didn't really know what to expect or probably what they were doing, to be honest. And so if I think about that, I, I, I think about one of my first experiences of hunting. And uh, I was really excited, but I did not have a clue what I was doing. And uh, back in... Back in 2005, uh, before Jance and I were married, uh, I came to Texas to get to know uh, Jancy's parents, and going through my mind was like, I've got to impress the parents, right? I mean, I'm about to ask her to marry me, and they kind of need to like me. And so um, sometimes it happens where they don't like you, but... Uh, but um, but, you know, come on, guys, you've been there, right? It, you know, when you're meeting with the parents, you're like, you've got to try and impress them. So they had prepared a um, dove hunting trip uh, for me. And I'm from England, so, like, I've got no, no clue about hunting other than that the Queen did it and some lords and ladies, and that's about it. That's all I know of hunting and that there were foxes and that kind of stuff and people riding on horses. That's all I know of hunting, all right? So then I get to Texas, and it's like completely different ball game and and so when we were driving to the ranch that we were going to there were these big rectangular bo metal boxes all over the all over the pasture so I said to <laughs> I said to Janice's dad I said you know trying to impress like what why do people have these like really large music speakers uh in their fields like does everyone have like parties out in the field in the pasture or and, uh, and Janice's dad said, no, John, they're, they're deer blinds. And so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, then came the dove hunting, and uh, uh, Janice's uncle, Mike, uh, had come along too. And I have to admit, you know, I am I'm a bit of a city boy. Um, even though I lived in country surroundings, a smaller, greener uh, hill country in England, I hadn't, hadn't done much hunting. But anyway, we were waiting by this fence, and uh, for some dove to fly, you know, and, you know, they'd be on the, on, on the uh, phone wires or whatever, the cables or whatever, and you try and, you know, looking at those, and they were like, don't shoot at that. And so, um, anyway, <laughs> and so eventually uh, these two dove came and landed 
in a shootable distance uh, that I, you know, had my shotgun and I was like, I was ready. I was like, well, how do I do this? And, uh, and I'd never shot a gun before and all that kind of stuff. And um, so anyway, I, I, he's like, well, just shoot him. Shoot, shoot towards the ground. I was like, okay. So, uh, so I, shot, I shot these uh, the, at these two doves that had landed and only one flew away. And I was like, yes, I got one. I got one. And so... So excitedly, I run over, and, uh, and I, 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 this dove is, is there, and it's still alive. And I'm like, I'm like, Mike, Mike, what do I do? It's still alive, it's still alive. And like, you know, here I am, like, trying to, you know, make sure it's okay, whereas moments earlier, I'd been, like, trying to shoot its brains out. And so uh, here I am, bringing it to, uh, to, to Mike, and he's like, just let me have it. And he goes, shh rips its head off, and I'm, my mouth just goes. I was like, I can't believe you just did that. He's like, what? He said, put it out of its misery. I couldn't believe it. And uh, I, was, I was speechless, you know, for someone that talks a lot, um, that, you know, speechless. And, um, and he just said, you know, welcome to Texas. So, um, but I, I couldn't believe it. And, and there were moments... I'm sure, and here's my, my link to, to the passage, I'm sure there were moments where the apostles were in the same vein where their jaws just dropped and they couldn't believe what was happening. Imagine the miracles, the healings, the, the wonderful things that they had seen, but also to be filled with the Holy Spirit and they couldn't believe what was happening. Or maybe for some of you that, that are married, um, you know, when you first get married, everything is wonderful. You want to spend all your time together. Y- your husband or your wife, they look incredible every day. Even when they wake up first thing, you know, there's just beauty, the radiance. Um, e- you know, whatever time you see them, they look wonderful. Even if they're cutting their nails on the bathroom floor, they still look amazing. You know, they still look wonderful. And that was probably Jance about me, not her, me about Jance. So, um, but this is how the apostles felt about God. They wanted to spend every minute praising and praying to God. It didn't matter to them how things looked. They just longed for more of God in their lives. And that is my prayer for all of us, is that we have more of God in our lives. And if we look at the apostles' experiences they can be broken down into four sections. We've got prayer, caring for others, the presence of God, and transformation. I'll say those four again. Prayer, caring for God, presence of God, sorry, caring for others, presence of God, and transformation. So firstly, prayer. Uh, A.W. Tozer, who's an English theologian, said, a satisfying prayer life elevates and purifies every act of body and mind and integrates the entire personality into a single spiritual unit. In the long pull, we pray only as well as we live. Nothing is more effective than a healthy prayer life, both individually and corporately as as a church. Prayer transforms the ordinary into the extraordinary. And as Tozer puts it, a satisfying prayer life elevates and purifies every act of body and mind. And this is so true. When I find myself not praying, 
Have you, or spending time with the Lord, however you want to phrase that? Have you noticed that things kind of seem to be a little bit off when you're not praying or spending time with the Lord? Sometimes circumstances can do that for us. Sometimes uh, it's our own selves. And that's because we're, we're battling against the flesh, the world, and the devil. There's three things that are waging against us to be in God's presence. And so often we can reduce our prayer times or our time spending with the Lord to church events or even just meal times. But the Lord has so much more in store for you, for me, for all of us. And when we pray, we are aligned with what God's will is for our lives and for the life of our church. We can hear his voice more clearly. You know, I, I don't just, I wouldn't want to just pray with just, just me praying on my own. I would need scripture alongside of that. Um, because why, why do we need scripture when we're praying, when we're spending time in the Lord? Because we get to know the character of the Lord when we are reading scripture and what he will lead you to. And he will always lead you to truth. Not your own version of truth, but to the truth of his word and who he is. And so we are, we're all a work in progress, right? We're all... Um, and that's some of you are the finished. Some of you are the finished article. If you are, then come and talk to me because I'd love to know what it me- what it's like to be the finished article. But we are all working towards being more like Christ, and prayer brings about transformation. And when we pray, we seem more aligned with with His will. And then uh, I know that Ryan, our previous pastor, used to say this a lot: that God incidents happen, not coincidences, but God incidents happen when we are aligned with the Lord and when we see we start to see things and the apostles knew that meeting and praying together was one of the most important aspects of being a follower of Jesus I think that's why uh, Eddie was saying about commitment because when you become a member as Crystal and Dave are going to do later on they're making a public commitment to this faith family and if you haven't done that, then I'd encourage you to do that. But we, we really want to see, you know, we're all committed to our own individual blood families, but we want to be just as committed to God's family and caring for one another and lifting one another up, encouraging one another, celebrating one another, because that's what the church is all about. And so Jesus even modeled how to to pray, uh, when we look back through the Gospels, we've got Jesus praying in John 17, Luke 22, Luke 11, Matthew 26, Mark 1. There's all sorts of different prayers that we can use uh, in our own prayer life, and that's why we need Scripture alongside it to say, okay, how do I pray, Lord? How do I pray? And He will guide you to, to the right thing. Second thing is caring for one another. As I just mentioned, I don't know what you think about when you think about family, but for me, it's loving them unconditionally and caring for them no matter what, situa- what situation they get themselves into. For some families, it can mean a lot of pain and hurt whenever they think about family. But take a look around at the people around you. Okay, we are in COVID, we're kind of sitting in our family units. 
Um, not much intermingling uh, going on. But this is your family. This is your faith family. And when one of us hurts, we hurt. When one of us gets rewarded or does something amazing, we celebrate with them. And we can't do this Christian life on our own. We need one another. We need one another. But for some of us, we dip in and we dip out, and it's really hard to commit to one another when we're in that, in that mindset of dipping in and dipping out. Because I've seen it in my own life when, when I commit to something or do something, the fruit is, is far beyond my own benefit. It's, it's for everybody else. It's for other people. That is why when we commit to one another, it's not for your own satisfaction or for whether you feel good or whatever in terms of serving or coming to church or whatever it may be. It's for the benefit of others, to encourage other people. Like seeing Molly baptized and Crystal, I hope you're encouraged by that. I mean, because of everyone here and your faithful witness, we're able to see people's lives changed. And that's what it's about. That is 100% why the church exists. It's for those who are outside of the church. So we uh, need to be people that, that care for one another. And a way that we can do, do this, I don't know if you've ever heard this before. Um, there's, there's a kind of model of, of, of evangelism and how, how we go about that. Uh, this, this phrase, belong, believe, behave. Anyone ever heard that before? Belong, believe, behave? Okay, no. All right. So um, that's good. That's fine. Um, so if we belong, people nowadays, it used to be where you had to behave um, and then you could believe and then you could belong. Back, back kind of, that's how it was in England anyway, is you had to behave like a Christian in order to believe like a Christian, and, and, and then you could belong to the family. That nowadays has changed. People want to feel like they belong. They want to be a part of something. And as, a past, as, as pastors, Eddie and I, and deacons and James, um, we, we want people to feel like they belong. And we can't do it by ourselves just because we're, we're in that position. This is a whole body thing that we need to invite people to and to be a part of and those relations you'll have relationships with people that i i don't know and and like jay will have relationships with people that i have no idea and so but the thing is is we've all got different connections and together we can really really make a difference uh to to this world and and so ensuring that people belong and be a part of a community is really uh is really important um, you know, from welcoming. I know that when, I, when we first came here, I know that Gloria and Olin, they welcomed us and they were like, hey, how you doing? Where, where are you from? What are you doing? Uh, lots of questions. And it was great because we felt welcomed. Has anyone else been welcomed by Olin and, and Gloria? Yep, absolutely. Lots of people. And so that's the type of church we want to be. We want to be a church that welcomes people and makes people feel comfortable that they can 
that they want to belong to this church. And then comes the believing part, which we've seen with, with Molly and Crystal. Crystal and David have actually been coming here for about a year. <laughs> Did you know that? They've been coming for a year, and uh, they've been faithfully serving back on the, uh, on the computer and, and doing all the audio-visual stuff that I don't know a lot about, but, um, but they've been faithfully serving behind the scenes. And then you see the public declaration of, of their faith in Jesus because they felt like they are in a place where they could belong. So we have, then we have belief. It's understanding what am, I, what am I signing up to? What am I committing myself to? What do I really believe? And we see that Jesus is the central figure and he is the one that we're going to be with forever. So we need to make sure that we're proclaiming Jesus. If we're not proclaiming Jesus, then we've got a problem. And so we see this time and time again when people feel like they belong, then they come to believe, and then we figure out how to behave. You know, we've got some things where we need to get right, and God will reveal those things and bring them to the surface in where we, where we behave like a Christian. And so God is wanting us not to stand still or sit still. He wants us to be growing and living our faith out. And that was something we talked about in our life group this, this morning was like, how, what are some of the things that we can do in order to grow? I was actually, I was actually asking their opinion, the way, what do you want to learn about? What do we want to learn about in life group? How do we want to do this? And a lot of it was to do with relationships. How do we navigate relationships? Whether it's um, with your friends, with your work, your co-workers, uh, your spouse, whatever, your children. How do we navigate relationships and how are we effective in those? And, and the other part of it is, is uh, if we look at uh, Acts, uh, the verses 44 and 45... It says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They're selling their possessions and goods they gave to everyone who had need. And there are four ways that we can, we can um, care for one another. Practically, financially, prayerfully, and emotionally. Practically, financially, prayerfully, and emotionally. And... Um, So often I, I get wrapped up in my own, my own world. Does anyone else do that? You, you focus on yourself, and I do it a lot. I have to, have to punch myself, you know, like, come on, stop thinking about yourself. Yeah, and uh, thank you. And, uh, <laughs> so, um, but the, the real thing is, is that time and time again, the Lord reminds us that we, we need to think about others. And I have to admit, I'm a... I'm a bit of a fan of reality TV shows, um, and not all, um, you know, not some of the ones that Jancy watches, but some of the ones that I like to watch, and, uh, and in the beginning, sorry Jancy, and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, in the beginning, Jancy asks, you know, if I want to watch them with them, and I'll say, well, why, do I, why would I want to watch that? Then I end up watching one episode, and I'm like... Yeah, I'll, I guess I'll watch it with you. Um, and so, uh, but the other night, well... Actually, a few years ago, I was watching uh, a show called 
Undercover Boss. Has anyone ever, ever watched that? Okay. If you don't know uh, what it is, um, then it's basically where a C- CEO or the boss of a company goes, they disguise themselves and they get, um, you know, put a fake beard on or something and they, they go undercover in their company and... Um, and then they go on to the kind of lower levels of their company. But this one particular episode was this guy called Bill Carstengen, I think that's how you say it. Um, and Bill was the COO of Churchill Downs, which is famous for the uh, Kentucky Derby. And he went to work in the stalls and the cleaners and found out that they worked so hard and saw the integrity that these workers had. And at one point, and there's always an emotional, like, that gets you every time, which makes you want to watch the next episode. But, uh, but at one point in the show, Bill is reduced to tears when he was working as a valet to the jockeys because he was so focused on trying to get it right and also assess what this guy's doing. And he was consumed on the task that he had forgotten to stop and notice a photo of one of the valet's daughters who had died a few months earlier. And when he realized this, he broke down and said how, about how selfish he had been to not even notice. He was so fixated on this and his task that there was this picture and he couldn't, he just couldn't, he was just overwhelmed with emotion. And so often in the church, we can be like that. We can be focused or in our daily lives, in our work or whatever it may be, we can be fixed on, on what we're doing, and this is here, but over here, someone's crying out for help. And we ignore it, or we, we don't see it, because our heads are down, often in a cell phone, but we need to start looking up church and seeing who is around us, who, is, who are the people that need us, because we've all got different gifts, whether you know that or not. But I'm saying you do have a gift. And God has given you whatever you need to meet someone's need. And you may think, well, I've got nothing to offer. That's, that's baloney. You do. Each one of us has something to offer. And you could be Jesus to someone else. That could be out in a pasture. That could be in an office. That could be here in this church building. It could be wherever. But God has gifted you all uniquely, and let's not ignore what other people are around us and what they're doing and saying. And so, where am I at time? Okay, we're at 12. Okay, uh, so um, lastly, I just want to say um, about transformation. These apostles were completely transformed by the power and love of God. And one, uh, one theologian says, we need to experience the real, authentic joy of God that comes as a result of encountering God, seeing his power at work, hearing his voice, speaking into our lives, and have a spiritual reawakening. The greatest thing that could happen to any of us ever in our whole lifetime is that we have a mighty encounter with him. 
And so some of us have experienced that. Some of us have had that. And my prayer is that if you haven't, that you would. And I haven't got time to go into the presence of God or transformation and commitment. But know this, that um, when I, I was 19 years old, um, and I'd kind of gone astray. I was brought up as a Christian in my family. I'd had a, three years in the wilderness, let's just put it that way. Um, and, and when I was 19, the Lord met me in a powerful way. I was in a, I was in a cattle barn, actually. Um, I was in a barn. We were talking about barns earlier. Um, and uh, I, was, I was in this middle of this pasture, and we were at a, at a conference, a summer conference with our church. And um, uh, the guy was speaking about holiness and was saying that you are, you're on holy ground and the Lord wants to meet you. So we, he made us take off our socks and shoes. My feet probably didn't smell too great at the time. But, um, but the Lord, he then prayed a prayer over us. And I felt the Lord's presence just wash over me. like It was like liquid love. That's the only way I can, can describe it. And I started crying. And I knew that I had come home. And my brother was right next to me. And I had bugs. And, you know, I was like, you know, I was trying to get, you know. But the Lord met me in a powerful way. And it was like the Lord was saying, I love you. I'm for you. You're no longer alone. You're a part of my family. And and I I can still even to this day I can feel the same feelings like uh, the same emotions that I had in that moment because it radically changed my life. And the love that God poured into me, I just wanted to give away give away again and again. And, and that's why I'm standing here today, because I love people. I love God first, and I love people. And I want us in Mason as a church to be known as a church that loves people really, really well. And so as, we, uh, as I close, let's, uh, let's stand together. So let's just take a moment to just take in and, and ask, ask the Lord, what are you saying to me this morning? What can I take away from here and apply to my life? So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would reveal in people's hearts and in their lives right now what it is that they need to hear from you.
And Lord, I pray that there would be a, a moment where people know that they know that they know that you are real and that you love them and are for them. So pour out your love, Lord. Thank you that your love was poured out on the cross. Thank you that you rose again from the dead so that we could experience that transformation of of our lives and experience that love firsthand. And I thank you for the witness of the apostles, for the way that they loved one another and cared for one another, but also the way that they listened to you. And so, Lord, as as we reflect on that, may we be made more into your likeness, we pray. That's in your name we pray. Amen. After every sermon, it's appropriate to say, so what? So what? And the time we come to right now is, is a so what? Uh, you've seen a young woman, a young girl, baptized. Their obedience to our Lord is a wonderful thing, but it doesn't change your relationship unless you too have said, my Lord and my God. And very likely there's someone here this morning who really needs to do that. We want to pause for a moment. We're going to sing. If you're one of those who, who needs to make your own commitment to Jesus, let us help you with that today. Just meet me here at the front, and we'll get that done. Maybe God has spoken to you about making this church your church. And if so, it's a time for you to come, and let's get that done. Maybe you just need to feel the need to come to the altar and pray. You, you have the freedom to do that. So what? Yes, yes, to Jesus. Let's sing. And as God says yes now to you, you come. Let's sing. Far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophy.
so despised by the world as a wondrous attraction for me for the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary so I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down and I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a much for being here today. Would, would you be seated for just a moment? Uh, John, would you like the privilege of introducing this fine couple ag again, and then we'll going to do a hallelujah, okay? Okay, well, we have uh, David and Crystal Pavlik, and uh, they're both uh, living in Brady, and... Um, joining us here, and it's my honor and privilege to welcome them to our faith family. Let's give them a big round of applause. Yeah. They, they both have uh, come to know the Lord. You've, you've witnessed one baptism, but you were baptized sometime way back, and uh, has been a deacon in a Baptist church. Get ready to put him to work. And if you're glad that they've come today to be a part of this congregation, let's say hallelujah, okay? Ready? Now. Hallelujah. Now, that means welcome, folks. We're glad y'all are here. And, and what a time to be coming here as uh, God brings a new leader and uh, all of that. Pat and I are so excited for you. We look forward to what God is going to do, and you, uh, you hang in there. So let's stand together. Uh, we're going to get some pictures, right, Gloria? All right. And uh, so let's all sing together that first stanza of the hymn uh, before we disperse and after we've done that the, the praise team may continue and you you're welcome to leave but let's sing together that that first sense 